Welcome to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Blanc. Super excited that you're here. And welcome today, my co-host, the lovely Patricia Sweeney. How's it going, Patricia? <laughs> hey, Michael. Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show because you know so much about platform building, online marketing, digital marketing. You've worked with some of the, the biggest names and you're working with us on delivering the Platform Builder Incubator Program, which basically not only shows people how to build an online thought leadership platform, but we actually build it for them. Uh, it's kind of like we give them this Ferrari and they can get to pick the color and the, the leather, they get to customize it and then we hand them the keys and then we actually show them how to drive the Ferrari, right? That's what we do with the Platform Builders. <laughs> Absolutely. It's actually, it's a super fun process because pretty much if you imagine getting the first set of keys to your own Ferrari and driving off the lot, that level of excitement is certainly there when we, uh, we hand the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> to all know, I, I love it. People come in that we do this three times a year. It's a live workshop and then there's a, it's a mastermind, but I love how people come in, right? People always come in and they're, they're very tentative. They're very resistant. It's probably the way that they're resistant to a lot of things. They're resistant to producing content. They're resistant to writing. They don't love the way they look on video. They don't like the way they sound on audio, right? And they're just resisting. And then we kind of ease them into it. And all of a sudden they find joy in producing content. And I think that the transformation within 90 days is just unbelievable. I mean, wouldn't you agree? It's just amazing to see the people come through and how they change. Absolutely. Well, I think when people come into the program, they have this view of an identity. Well, this is who I am and I can't do this or I can't do that. And they're all like stiff and worried about it. Yeah. And then they actually get really inspired by the people that they're going to help. And so really they, they feel like they're a whole new human being at the end of the program. And they're looking at their business and particularly their platform and their capital raising capabilities in an entirely new way. Yeah. So if we hit you over the head with platform building, you don't know what the heck we're talking about. It's really when you're tapped out and raising capital and you've tapped out your friends and family, your network, how do you expand? How do you attract and find more investors? The answer is an online thought leadership platform. And really, that's kind of what we're talking about here. That's what we're talking about here, Patricia and I. And that's also going to be the focus of our, of our interview today, because we're going to talk about a platform builder who essentially started building a, a platform kind of like one step after another, didn't really think through it. One thing led to another. Now, we're in the Platform Builder in our program, the Platform Builder Incubator, which you can find out more about the platformbuilders.com. We're much more systemized than that. But it's super fun to talk about our, our guest here, Jeff, and kind of see how he did it and how one thing led to another. And it's just super, super fun to talk about that. And, you know, one of the challenges always for, for platform builders, like, for example, for me, is just producing the content. I mean, it's, it's a major commitment. Absolutely. Well, and I'm always impressed. You know, you have kind of got this down to a science, which is one of the reasons that I love the way that you teach it within the program itself. But just recently, there was a flurry of emails that I was receiving. And also your social media was just completely exploding with all this really cool content because you had a recent raise. So how do you get into the headspace of doing that so consistently to execute? Yeah, I think in the beginning, it's it's kind of tedious, right? It's, it's, uh, it's like, oh, I got to produce content. Someone told me I need to do it. And, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of tedious, but after a while, you kind of get into rhythm. And I think what did it for me was when, when content I put out on a blog, you know, people left comments, you know, and they're like, this is really cool. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Really helpful. And when these things happen, when you see the interaction or you see it on social media, you're, it really encourages you. And after a while, you know, you find joy in producing content. 
And, but you have to kind of plug through in the beginning where it, it seems like work and it's unnatural and it's not very comfortable and you don't really enjoy doing it. And you do it long enough and you get enough feedback and you start finding joy and then you can't stop because you realize what you're doing is you're educating people. You're, tr- you're actually helping people transform themselves in some way. And so, you know, to me, producing content is core of what we do, uh, especially for for investors. We want to we want to educate investors so they, you know, maybe stop investing all their money in the stock market and start investing in this thing called real estate syndications. And so, it's it's a certain amount of commitment, yes, but it's also a little bit like if you enjoy, it, it's not really much like work as well. And so we see that with some of our participants. They kind of come in, they're kicking and screaming, and they get this, have this experience where someone's interacting with them, and they start finding a joy. And as a result, they become these content creation machines. <laughs> Which is awesome. Well, clearly you enjoy doing it now. And I guess the results in your business speak volumes for that, which is why it works so well with the way that you promote your platform. Yeah. And so today we on the show, we have uh, uh, Jeff Anzalone, and he is a doctor. He's some kind of some kind of tooth doctor, surgeon, okay? And he just started basically a blog because he was able to he was able to repay about $300,000 of loans and he just wanted to blog about it, kind of like a diary. And all of a sudden, same thing happened like I just said. He started getting feedback from people saying, oh, this is great. Thank you for the inspiration. Then he discovered passively investing in multifamily syndications and he blogged about that like it would at a diary. And one thing led to another and he started sharing his enthusiasm with other doctors and bringing them in, into deals. And then he started raising capital. And then he started slowly expanding his platform. And the result has been amazing. He started off struggling to raise $200,000 and recently he raised $2.7 million all in, in the time of under a year. It's just super, uh, super exciting to see his transformation. So, hey, I want to know how he did it. So let's talk to Jeff. Here we go. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Block. Jeff, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Michael. I'm excited to be on the show. Longtime listener, first time interviewee. So yeah, that's right. Now you are a, a busy doctor. Tell tell us what you do during during the day. I'm a, a dental specialist, a periodontist. So we treat, you know, typically do um, dental surgery, that sort of thing during the day. So why did you get started with real estate, and how did you get started with real estate? About five years ago, I was on a skiing trip and I got off the lift and a kid cut in front of me. Son of a gun. I swerved and I fell and I landed on my wrist and I got up and I, you know, you never think about being hurt or sick until you're, you know, hurt or sick. So, um, you know, my wife was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm okay. But I, I started thinking, well, what if I couldn't go back and work when I got back, you know, either temporarily or permanently? And that started me thinking the only thing that my family was relying on was my active income and one source, which is not good. And that eventually led me down the road to find passive income, which led me to real estate. Okay. So what did you do then? How did you, what did you do? You're like, okay, I need something with passive income. What was your plan? Well, I'm a big reader. So I started reading, listening to podcasts, and it seemed like most of the successful people, millionaires, that sort of thing, had real estate in their portfolio and had anywhere from three to nine streams of income. 
So I was missing out. I was missing the boat. But at that time, I thought to be a real estate investor, you had to be a landlord. I didn't, I didn't know anything else. So I started going to conferences and learning about it. But I just, we wanted to spend more time with our kids while they're still under our roof. So that was out for me. But luckily, I found at that time something called crowdfunding. And I started doing a couple of small debt deals and jumped into a big equity deal with Realty Shares. And unfortunately, everybody in that investment lost all of their money. Oh, dear. That was a $50,000 minimum. Not good. But looking back on it, it was totally my fault because I was relying on a website for everything. I didn't know how to look at deals, how to evaluate them. I was looking at the best returns and the, and the best looking pictures. And that's it. Sure. So, and that made me really take a step back to really start learning about it and really getting to know the people that the sponsors who I'm dealing with, because on there it's, you know, you don't know who you're dealing with. Right. So, um, that, uh, that eventually got me to started investing more in syndications, but being more involved in it. All right. So that's an interesting story, Jeff. So one of the things I'm hearing you say in that is that when you first got exposed to real estate and you took the leap, so to speak, after you had done all of your own personal sort of investigation and learning a bit, you, you maybe didn't do your due diligence around the people that you were going to work with initially. And that's kind of what inspired you to take the next step, which ended up being you building your own website and everything. Is that right? Well, the website started off just telling people about my personal experience of getting out of about $300,000 in student loan debt. Mm. And mainly, you know, focused on doctors and doing that and just basic investing, but not so much real estate. But then as I got into more real estate, I noticed that there wasn't a lot of people out there really talking to us and there wasn't like a trusted resource. So um, I just started, you know, putting down the information that I um, was learning that I felt other people should know, you know, I'm putting myself in their shoes. If you're a doctor, you don't know anything about it. Where do you start? Okay. This is, this is what I'm learning. It just it eventually started growing and growing. And then I've pretty much dedicated the entire site now to real estate education to other doctors and high income earners. Awesome. So you decided to start that though, to be able to educate other people because you wanted to be the person who was kind of behind the deal after your poor experience initially? I wanted to do it to steer people away from what I had, all my failures and, and what mm -hmm. I, I didn't want them to go through what I'd gone through, you know? Got it. And that, that was, you know, the, kind of the main reason why I want to do it. You know, plus, you know, being a doctor, we have this big S on our chest that doesn't stand for Superman. It stands for sucker because, you know, we get, we get pitch deals all the time. And, you know, a lot of us, myself included, we got suckered in on stuff. And uh, just, again, trying to help people prevent that from happening to them. And when you first created your website, it was about basically reducing your debt, right? Because you were telling me that a lot of doctors come out with a lot of huge debt out of school 
And so that's initially why you created your blog, right? Is to show people how it can be done. And then it, and then it turned into something a little bit more that then you start sharing your enthusiasm for passive investing. Is that kind of how it evolved then? Yeah, because I was a big Dave Ramsey follower. Mm -hmm. You know, I followed the seven baby steps that got out of debt, but then it was like, okay, then what now, what now, what do you do? And, and I've noticed now with this show, it's focused not so much on getting out of debt. It's now that all those people that he's helped get out of debt become millionaires and, you know, talks about real estate and that sort of thing. So he's, he's kind of made a shift too, you know, to keep up with the times as well. Now, at one point did you start shifting to raising capital? Like how did that happen? It's a funny deal. Basically last year, I, I heard somebody talk about it. I um, reached out to some people about it and they told me, it's like, yeah, that's, that's something that you could do. You know, I've heard some, some guests on your podcast as well, but I didn't know anything about it. I luckily had some people reach out to me that, that were sponsors and we were just kind of talking and stuff and say, yeah, you know, we're looking for people to educate other physicians, dentists, high income earners too, to potentially get them to invest in our deals after you educate them. Would you be interested? I said, I mean, so I, they basically came looking for me. I, I wasn't looking for them. So I, uh, that's, what, that's what got me started. Okay, so people started viewing you. They started following your blog. Is that why? Or how were you educating them? What were you doing to educate them? Yeah, they, they started following my blog. And um, they had heard me on a couple of podcasts too. Okay, so what happened? They're like, they started reaching out to you? Or, or how did you, did you meet, know them from before? No, they just, um, they said, Hey, we, we like your blog. We like what you're doing. We like your message you're putting out. How would you like to potentially work with us? Um, and now there's not a week that goes by that, you know, I don't get some sort of email like that. So I got to be careful of who, you know, who I want to work with now. So you decided that this capital raising thing is a thing, right? And like, who do you focus on? Who is your message for when you blog? Who are you talking to? Well, at first it started off for doctors, but it's, it's really any high income earner that's busy, that that's working, that wants to grow passive income, but they, but they don't want to be a landlord. They want hassle-free real estate basically. And, you know, I'm not so big on telling people to, to, Hey, let's do this and retire early because you know, to me, I, I don't, I mean, that's, that's not what I want to do. I, I want to keep working. I want to keep, you know, providing for society if, you know, and so I just want to give people options. You know, if you have passive income and you love your job, we'll keep doing it. Or you could do it part-time and do something else. If you don't like your job, you can quit. But I'm not all about, you know, Hey, let's retire at 30 and, you know, live off of, leftovers and Ziploc bags. That's not my idea of retirement. <laughs> what about your investors? I mean, what, what are they telling you that they want? Why are they attracted to your message and, and, and your education? Um, a lot of them are, are experiencing burnout. Mm. And unfortunately, that's, that's becoming worse and worse with, with doctors. And they really like this idea that, hey, I can do something now and give me options instead of working until I'm 70 with the 401k. 
So it sounds like Jeff, you started actually helping doctors predominantly, and now you're really helping anybody who's a like kind of an overworked or sort of stressed out professional find different solutions with kind of where where they want their future financial space to go. Is that right? Yeah, I've I've had a, a whole mixture of people that have come to my blog. For some reason, it's a lot of engineers. So <laughs> had a lot of engineers. I've actually had some accountants, some college professors. So it's, it's really varied, but the majority of them are some sort of a overworked professional that are accredited investor. So what did you do? So you put up a blog, right? And mm-hmm. now what did you do after that uh, from your website? And as you expanded your platform, what did you do after that? I noticed I was spending, you know, it's, it's a good old 80, 20 rule, right? I was spending 80% of my time creating content and really less than really for me, less than 5% of the time trying to market it, you know, get the word out. And I had a, um, a website that has a really large email address to hundreds of thousands of physicians. Well, they picked up a couple of my articles and, and just shared them to their, to their list. And I was looking at my analytics one day going, what's going on here? You know, what, this must be a glitch. And that really boosted you know, my, my traffic that boosted signups and that got me thinking, well, I, I really need to start doing focusing as much or more on promoting it than I do, you know, just always creating content. Now you're creating content and you realize that it's not just creating content and they will come. You actually need to talk about it and promote yourself somewhere. But now were you capturing people's email addresses at the time or when did that happen? Initially it was just sign up for my blog. Then I started getting people that are really interested in real estate. So then what I did, I separated them and started something called the passive investor circle. That those are people that are, that are, you know, really uh, want a little bit more and they want to know what I'm investing in and that sort of thing. So, so they were able to sign up for like a separate email address. And so then I have two lists doing that. So these are people who want to quite join your circle. And what does that enable them to do? If, if, why would they want to do that? They have more personalized access to me. They learn about the deals and sponsors that I'm personally investing with and why, you know, when I tour properties with them or when I uh, do other things, they're able to, to have access to that versus just a blog article. So when someone fills out that form, what, what happens? They get a, a little passive income guide that I put together. They, they're able to download that. And then they get a series of emails from me and they start getting um, my blog articles as I produce them each week. That's awesome. Do you, do, you then, do you talk with those people at all? Like do you get on the phone with them or what else do you do with them? Yeah, they, um, they, we set up time to talk, have a, you know, kind of come up with, see what their goals are because sometimes, you know, honestly, real estate isn't the right thing for people depending on where they are in the process. You know, for instance, I've spoken with some younger dentists that were, this guy was like in $900,000 of debt and he wanted to jump into real estate. And, and I, I just recommended he clean up some consumer debt, you know, before he start doing that. Yeah. Now you're producing a lot of content, which is great. How do you come up with topics to write about? I think I get a lot of it from other podcasts or articles that I read. And 
Uh, I really like that topic. And then I, I've learned how to do keyword research to, to focus around the topic that's going to rank. Cause what's the point of, you know, writing an article if it's never going to rank on page one of Google. So, um, that that's kind of the process that I go through. That's pretty cool. Have you been able to rank on page one uh, for Google for a particular keyword? Yeah. Um, I, I don't mean, I, I can't tell you what they are right now, but I mean, I've, I've got, you know, probably 20 or 30 articles or, or more, you know, on what, what was kind of funny. The first, after about a year and a half, no, about a year, I went to FinCon did, didn't know what that was. And some people said, Hey, why don't you come to FinCon? I said, okay. And I just started learning how to rank on Google on page one, like literally a couple of weeks before. So when I get there, you know, that's everybody's talking about, you know, all these bloggers that have been blogging for five years, seven years, 10 years. Hey, are you on page one yet? Page one yet? And I was like, but yeah, I've got a couple of articles now on page one. How long have you been blogging? I said a year, a year. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, being a redneck from Louisiana, the only thing that I knew how to do, turn on a computer and I could get on Chrome and search for stuff. That's it. Awesome. And then I just taught myself how to, I just, you know, you, there's resources online and you just teach yourself how to do it. I mean, it's not hard. So, well, you know, I love that, Jeff. I love really what I'm hearing you talk about is how you kind of organically got to this place now where you're doing SEO, right? And that SEO is really how you're expanding your reach. But I, I really heard you say something a, a minute ago. I just want to point out because you're saying that you're SEOing now, you're on the first page of Google, you're having all this great exposure. But before you started doing that, when you were very first creating content that attracted that, that, um, that really large list, right, of people who came and they got to like broadcast your content out to them, were you doing SEO then too? Like, did you start with SEO or really did you just start creating content that you felt would really serve the people who you wanted to get the message out to? I just started just writing articles. I, I was just kind of like a diary. You know, I didn't have a, literally, literally the first probably four to six months, I didn't have a clue, you know, what I was doing. And then I was realized, Hey, I, I think I should, you know, focus on doing something. You know, if I'm going to rank on, on Google, I, I should, I should want to do something. And I took a, a blogging course by, um, Brandon Gailey, the blogging millionaire course. I think it was like four or 500 bucks, something like that. And out of everything that I've done, that's, that's been the best resource for me on, on ranking. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I, what I kind of love about what you're saying is you just kind of doing stuff, you know, and you're kind of just figuring it out as you go along. A lot of people sit there and kind of go and they kind of try to analyze and try to plan and they can't figure it out and they kind of stop. One of the other things I hear a lot, especially from syndicators who think they're in the real estate business is that, you know, the idea of producing a blog post once a week or a video once a week or whatever is insane to them. How are you able to produce content consistently? What do you do? What systems do you have or disciplines? <laughs> you, then you're really going to love this one. Um, a lot of it's in between patients. So like um, tomorrow, I think I have seven surgeries. I'll go do a surgery. And then while they're waking up, I'll come in here, work on a little bit. And then one, once they wake up and the next one's in and they go to sleep, then I go. And so it's just, you know, you always hear, you always hear whenever people love what they're doing, 
it's not work to them. And I've always heard that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But it's, it's true. Once you find your passion and it's, I mean, I love it. I mean, I could do it nine days a week if that was, if we had nine days a week, you know, so. Was it like that in the beginning, Jeff, or is that something that evolved? That's something that evolved because I, I, I really wasn't too passionate about getting people out of debt, which it's important, but it was just kind of like, Hey, I'm going through the motions. But now that I have something that, that I think it really, it's life changing for people. I talked to a cardiologist a couple of weeks ago and she heard me on a podcast and she was so excited knowing that she didn't have to work until she was 70 years old. You know, she was like mid forties and, you know, to be able to, to provide somebody that information uh, and do it ethically to them and win their trust. And to me, that's very rewarding. Is that what, what keeps you going? Why you keep mm -hmm. producing content? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I, I'm not definitely not doing it for the money. I mean, I, I full-time job, so, or kind of full-time job, but, uh, I just really enjoy doing it and just going to see where God leads me down the path as I keep going, you know? So you raise a little bit of money. I remember I spoke to you a little bit a year ago and you raised, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, which, you know, as a doctor, it shouldn't be that hard to do, Jeff, right? But you continued putting out content and you continued promoting yourself and uh, adding more people to your circle. Uh, have you been able to raise any more money since then? Well, when I first started, it was back in February of 2020. And I just started to try to raise money for a deal and then everything shut down. So people were not knowing what was going to happen. So they're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to tie up money, not knowing when I can go back to work. That's understandable. So that, um, I guess you could call that my first time I tried to raise, but it was like a, maybe like the beta test. So that was in March. And then in October of 2020, and, and during that whole time, we were shut down for two months in Louisiana. So I couldn't treat patients or whatever. So I went to work, I went to the office every day, you know, worked on my blog, you know, book podcast, just kept, kept in the business, uh, revamped my website and then kept growing my list. And then once another deal came out in October, I was able to in five days raise uh, a little bit more 2.7 million. And then it shut off. I think I could have probably raised more than that, but the, the deal filled up. So um, I had to stop. So that's amazing. Do you think you would have been able to do that without your website, without the platform that you built? No. Hmm. I don't. Hey, everybody listening and watching this right now, is there maybe a lesson in here somewhere? I don't know. I'm just, just spitballing here. But it seems to me like if you really want to scale your capital raising and you scaled it quite a bit. I mean, I'm, this is like four or five months you're talking about from you had your website out producing some blog. You probably weren't really capturing leads properly. You certainly weren't promoting it. And you just spent some time really uh, capturing leads, really engaging them, putting out content, and then promoting yourself in a ways. And all of a sudden, you're attracting all these people. You're, you're educating. You're adding value. All of a sudden, they're like, man, I got to listen to this guy. He knows what I'm talking about. And they end up investing with you. I mean, is that kind of what happened in that short period of time? Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't start the passive investor circle until about October of November of 2019. And then, you know, in, in February is when I tried to rate, you know, so it just kind of started. So it wasn't even, it wasn't even a full, it still hasn't, it's been about a full year now since I started that, that yeah. you know, segment. 
That's amazing. So if I'm looking at this, you built your website, duh, that's a no-brainer, right? The website, then, and then the, the next important step of, is you started creating content, right? You started creating content, but then you created a lead magnet in the circle where people had to leave your email address, so you were capturing leads. And then you started promoting some of the content in some forums and other places. So people were coming to you. You were starting to rank a little higher. So you were adding more leads to it. So that's awesome. That's super cool. Now, what is next for you as you expand your platform? More of the same, obviously, or you want to add some components to it? Kind of what's what's on the docket for the next 12 months? Good question. I am planning on starting a podcast. All right. So going to uh, focus on that in 2021. And then hopefully we, I love to go and speak. So uh, hopefully I'll start to do some more as people start doing more in-person stuff, you know, getting on a plane and going to talk to a group of uh, doctors or, or whatever. So um, I really like doing that. So that's, that's what I'm going to be focusing on. Yeah, that is fantastic. So what is your advice to other syndicators or capital raisers who are maybe struggling with, with raising capital? I would say, you know, focus on, you know, the, the book, the one thing I've got it over here behind me. I've got so much stuff going on during the day, like probably most of your listeners too. And you have to figure out what your one thing is. You know, my one thing is getting people to sign up for my past investor circle. So if I get off on a tangent and go, well, okay, I'm doing this over here. Is this helping me get people to sign up? If the answer is no, then I don't do it. I delegate it or I just don't do it. And just try to stay focused on just one specific goal. And, you know, that's, that's the best thing that's really helped me. So I love that being focused on growing your investor base. Now, how, how in the world is a podcast going to help exactly? Can you connect the dots for us here? How will it help grow the base? Yeah. You know, I've, I've never done a started a podcast before, so I really can't answer that hundred percent. But I would imagine just connecting with people, and then you know, continue to connect with people because the more people I've connected with online and being interviewed on podcasts has really helped just bring people to my blog. But um, just another way that you can, you know, I can share the message to people because you know, as you know, how popular podcasts have gotten. Yeah, I love it. I mean, people have you in your ear for 30 to 60 minutes, which is, mm -hmm. uh, which is super awesome. Okay. So podcasts, that's awesome. I love podcasts. I, I, you know, there's some, some tech involved setting it up and it's a, a little bit of a commitment to do it. Uh, and let's say six or 12 months goes by, you're putting out a podcast, you have a magic wand right now in your hand. What would be next after a podcast? It's a good question. I really haven't thought that far. I've only thought about 12 <laughs> I months love that. Ahead. I love that by the way, but now I'm going to push you a little bit to think a little yeah. bit beyond that. Hmm. I would say putting together an event, hopefully we'll be able to meet by that time, but, uh, hopefully putting together and, and, you know, people that I've met on my blog and, and on my podcast that I, that I feel that I trust and can provide value for my blog readers, having an event in-person event for them. How about that? Will that work for you? I love that. I love that a lot. Or could it be a virtual event as well? What about video, YouTube? What about writing a book? Yeah, I've, I've written a few books, but but they've been for patients. But yeah, I think I've got enough. I've got like over 230 articles on my blog. So I could probably repurpose some of that, you know. 
I love that. Half my, half of my book is blog posts. Ha, dirty mm-hmm. little secret. There's some extra stuff in there, of course, as well. But so how, now here's, I'm looking at your website. You actually re- revamped your website. It looks like you had a, hired a professional photographer to do some stuff and you're, you're spending some money. Uh, certainly you're spending a lot of time, right? How are you justifying the expense of, uh, especially spending money on your marketing? Like connect the dots why you think that's a good idea. In other words, you're spending time and money on content and and promoting. How does that result in dollars coming in? Well, I haven't spent any money on the only money that I've spent on the, on the website is actual, the guy that's, that just revamped it, who actually does my practice website. So my practice is paying for it. (laughs) So you got yourself a deal. Nice. Yeah. But, you know, looking at, you know, what you could potentially make as you continue to raise capital and you kind of have to look at, you know, whatever, whatever that person is going to make kind of look at, you know, I've, I've already kind of figured out, you know, however many people that I have on my list could bring in maybe a a roundabout figure of capital raise, you know, kind of look at it from a return of investment standpoint, like you would any business, you know, like my practice, figure out, you know, how much do I need to spend on Google ads to bring in so many leads that eventually become patients that have begins eventually become scheduled for treatment and work backwards. So it's good. You know, marketing is a test, as you know, you know, try this and then try that a and B. And then if this works a little bit better, focus on that and then test that. Okay. Well, how can we make that better? So. Yeah, love it. It's been great to watch your 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 journey, and I, I love it. You're just kind of uh, what what I love about it is you don't think too far ahead. And to some degree, I'm a little bit. I, I think like the next step ahead, and I do that. I don't think too much beyond. And some people say, "Oh, that's you don't have a vision. You don't have much of a plan, right?" Okay, be that as it may. The problem with having a giant vision that goes ten years into the future is that there's so much crap in there. It's so overwhelming. You never get out of the gates. So, mm-hmm. so someone who wants to kind of kind of do what you've done. What, what what's kind of your parting guidance for uh, people to get started with, with uh, the platform? Don't try to reinvent the wheel. There's so many other people that are doing it. Just, you know, look, not, not, you don't have to find somebody and do everything that they do. You know, just like I don't read a book or listen to a podcast or read somebody's blog article and start following them. And, you know, take Dave Ramsey, Robert Kiyosaki, Grant Cardone. Well, those are three people that I respect, but I don't, completely agree with everything they say, you know, you, you get bits and pieces from them. So, you know, find some different podcasts and blog articles, you know, blog posts and, um, you know, anything else that you think people could help you with and whatever you think would be beneficial to you, use it. And then that way that you'll be able to grow instead of, you know, kind of bogging yourself down with some of the stuff you don't want to follow. Awesome. Jeff, how can people find out more about you? Uh, go to my website, debtfreedr.com. If they want to download the passive income guide, it's debtfreedr.com forward slash free guide. That's awesome. I love your lead magnet, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. You know, I've been uh, following Jeff for a little bit over over a year now and just kind of watching what he's doing. But what I love about Jeff is he just kind of does stuff. You know, and I love that. He just puts one step in front of the other. He doesn't really plan too far in the future, which again, you can critique all you want, but he just thinks of something next to do and he does it. And then he does it. And then he thinks of something else and does that. You know, I was, I, it, was it was good to see him flounder a little bit when I started asking, well, what about the podcast? And he's like, 
I don't know. And I love that, you know, because a lot of people think they have to plan out the next 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it's so overwhelming. So I just love that he does something. He thinks of something and does it. Thinks something and does it. And in his case, it just started off with a blog. Yeah. And, you know, I think the one key takeaway that will be really, really important for anyone out there who's thinking about building a platform is that when he got started, he was not, you know, making these big plans. He was a doctor. He's not a big writer. You know, one of the biggest, you know, hurdles I think mentally that people need to get over is this idea of, well, I don't want to be a content creator, right? Again, this idea of being joyful and kind of getting over that initial hump. It's there for everyone, but oh my gosh, I love the fact that he's like, yeah, I just create my content in between my appointments now, you know? And he, so he has a lifestyle of content creation because it's really about serving his audience. And I just well, love that's, that. That's critical. It, it is about serving audience. Yep. And when you see the effect you have on people, I mean, how can it not inspire you? And, and the problem is a chicken egg problem because we don't have, we don't have content. You don't see that. So it's like, it's like going back to school. You have to write that paper. Oh, man, do I have to really write that paper? It's like when, when we go to our workshop, you have to write a blog post. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to write a blog post, right? And, of course, we make them and slap them around a little bit and make them write a blog post or produce a video, whatever the case may be. And they put it out, and then they see the reaction, and it inspires them. It does. Well, and one thing that he mentioned I thought was really cool, um, and it's really a key component of what we do in the Platform Incubator Program, is teach people how to create a value proposition. And with that, it's really our club. And so what he did, he organically positioned a club that he had a special name for, right? People were excited. They opted in for that. They started getting special communication. And within a year, he went from not doing any capital raising to doing $2.5 million in less than five days. And so that idea of millions in days, if you have your platform stacked in the right way, absolutely can create that same result. And I just thought that was really cool how, how quickly that turned around for him. Yeah. And he has a great lead magnet, you know, the doctor's passive income guide or whatever he's calling it. He talks, you know, he, he addresses his avatar. That's who he's addressing. You see that in the title. I'm a doctor. Well, he's speaking to me. Now, what's he have to say? Oh, passive income guide. Right. So he's very clear about his his audience and what they want. They want passive income. Why? So they don't burn out. That's what he was talking about. And so platform building, when we would go through the, our system, it's very clear about who is your avatar, your ideal investor. Who are they? What do they want? What are they afraid of? What are their maybe their false beliefs? And he kind of figured that out organically. Now he's speaking to them and he's serving them. And so I love that. And the impact was clear. I mean, when I spoke to him earlier in the year, um, we said this off the air, but he, you know, I kind of I kind of torqued him a little bit because he wanted to come on my show like seven months ago. And I said, Jeff, this is great, but how much money have you raised? $200,000. I said, you know, Jeff, why don't you come back when you raised a little bit more? And he was a little peeved, okay? He was a little peeved. But he came back six months later and raised $2.7 million in short order because through COVID, he couldn't work his job anymore. So he put all of his heart and energy into his platform, promoted himself, attracted investors and raised $2.7 million. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the power of the platform. He is. I got to drop my microphone. I love it. That's absolutely. He is certainly a proven platform builder. So it was super exciting to hear his story today. 
Now, if you're listening to this and you want to scale your capital raising uh, business kind of like, like Jeff does, then check us out at platformbuilders.com. Uh, this is not an, an, an online course yet, uh, self-paced. It's actually a live workshop. We do it three times a year. But you can go to platformbuilders.com and receive a free training and then put yourself on a wait list when we open up the workshop again. And Patricia and I are teaching this workshop. Super excited to share that with you. If you're interested in investing passively, well, we have something for you as well. I don't want to leave, out, leave you out of the fun. Check us out. Our investment firm is Nighthawk. Equity and NighthawkEquity.com, and you can join our club. Click the join button, fill out a short form, and then schedule a call with us. And then we can share with you one of our upcoming opportunities, like we just uh, closed in Northern Atlanta. So, hope you guys found that inspiring. Now, go out there and build your platform. Catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to the Michael Block. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.